you have your Bibles, Ecclesiastes chapter number one, I want you to notice we're going to finish from last week. If you brought your outline, uh, great, you can finish it up. If you didn't, uh, you'll notice the first half of this outline was the last half of last week. Now, I just want you to notice the book of Ecclesiastes was written, and if you'll see the very first verse, by the words of the preacher. Now, we know it's Solomon, and he's the greatest king to ever live in Israel, and he's the richest king to ever live, and the wisest king to ever live, according to the Scriptures. You'll notice the son of David. He was proud of being the son of David. David was a mighty warrior known worldwide uh, for his bravery. And then you'll notice, if you would, a king in Jerusalem. So he puts them in the right order. He said, I'm a preacher. I'm serving the Lord. Number two, I'm David's son. Number three, I'm, I'm a king. And so he, but, but understand what's happening in his life. This is later on in his life after he's gotten his thousand wives and he's gotten silver as stones in, in Jerusalem. And uh, he, he, he allowed those wives to turn his heart. And God said not to do that in Deuteronomy 17, 17. The Lord said, don't multiply wives to yourselves and don't multiply gold and silver. And he had both of those things. And it says, don't multiply horses to yourself. And he had 1,400 chariots. So he did everything wrong according to what God asked. So there's no wonder Ecclesiastes is written. And I want you to see the theme of Ecclesiastes is emptiness, disappointment, no purpose in life. Because he lost it by getting all the stuff he got. And tonight, I really want us to see, to, to see this. Notice, if you would, <clears throat> in verse number 12, I, the preacher, was king over Israel and Jerusalem, <clears throat> and I gave my heart to seek and search out by wisdom concerning all things that are done under heaven. I, I just gave my heart to know everything I could about everything on earth. And he said, this sore travail hath God given to the sons of man to be exercised therewith. He said, you just learn, learn, learn. You never learn anything that makes you happy or satisfied. And so you'll notice, he said, in verses 4 through 8, he said, one generation comes and it passes away. And notice Roman numeral 2 in the outline. It starts with that because that's where we ended last week. The world continues forever, generation after generation, nothing changes in nature. The sun's still coming up the same way. The moon's still coming up the same way. Sun still goes down in the west, and uh, uh, everything seems to be the same. I mean, the waters, notice if you would, in verses 4 uh, through 8, he says, the water flows to the, from the rivers into the stream, into the uh, uh, rivers, the big rivers, and it goes into the ocean, and he said, and it just never stops. And the clouds come and rains come, and they never stop. And he said, verse 7, all the rivers run into the sea, yet the sea is not full. It's just like there's this system that is there, and we're just here. He's lost all purpose. Now, I want you to notice tonight, if you would, E in the outline, remembrance only lasts so long, and then it's just a name. Look, if you would, in verse 11. There is no remembrance of former things. Neither shall there be any remembrance of things that are to come with those that shall come after them. Now, I want to take just a minute and give you an example. <clears throat> How many of you know who Sonny Liston is? Raise your hand. Okay. 
He just happened to be one of the greatest world champion boxers to ever live. How many of you know who Bronco Nagurski is? One, two, three. How many have ever heard of Monsters of the Midway in NFL football? How many have ever heard of that? Okay, do you know why that is? Because of Bronco Nagurski. They would give him the ball, and he would maul people by the time they got him to the ground. He was a five-time pro bowler. He was the first in the first class of the NFL Hall of Fame. And the nickname to the Chicago Bears became Monsters of the Midway because of Bronco Nagurski. And nobody in this room knew him but three people. And he played ball in the 60s. The name is just a name after a while. Sonny Liston, does anybody know who Floyd Patterson was? A boxer. Let me get a name. Let me know who that was. Well, Sonny Liston knocked him out and became world champion. Most people, who's Sonny Liston? Muhammad Ali took the crown from Sonny Liston. Now, understand, a name in 40, 50 years, 60 years, it's just a name. And Solomon says, look, no matter how great you are, your name just is a name after a while. Nobody remembers anything about you. You go to a grave, oh, there's Dave Pittman. Who is he? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's just a name. And he said, people have come and gone for generations and generations. And notice, if you would, verse 4 of chapter 1. One generation passed away and another generation cometh, but the earth abideth forever. He has lost all dream, hope, vision, and purpose. Now, notice what he tried to do to get it back. Look here, if you would. Notice in the outline, Roman number 4, Solomon decided to try to search out life's purpose. Notice B, uh, A, he started looking for purpose using his great wisdom. That's what we read in verse 12, 13. He said, I'm going to use my wisdom to seek out under heaven, and I, once I learn everything, then I'll be happy. Uh, many a man has been a lifetime student, but he was never happy because of it. And when he dies, if he's got three or four PhDs on his name, he's just a name. That's what he says. He said, Why? Why am I here? My name doesn't last. The world doesn't need me to keep going on. Notice what happens in verse number 14. I have seen all the works that are done under the sun, and behold, all is vanity and vexation of spirit. And that's the theme of this book. Everything is empty. You want to know why? He's lost his connection to Jesus Christ. He knows there's an afterlife. He knows that heaven is coming, but it's like he hasn't lived for the Lord this last portion of his life, and now he's beginning to see it and regret it, and he's looking for purpose in this life. Now, notice with me, if you would, be in the outline of Roman number four. He focused on learning. There's verse 13. We read that. See in the outline. Now listen to this. He studied madness, which is self-glory. It's like uh, he, he suffered. He, he wanted uh, looking at his own accomplishments. It's sort of this madness about look who I am. And notice and folly, silliness. 
and nothing more but grief was in his heart. You see that in verse 17. I gave my heart to no wisdom and to no madness and folly. And I perceive that this is also vexation of spirit. Now, we're going to get to it in a minute and give a little bit more explanation about madness and folly. Uh, but you'll notice folly was, keep in mind, uh, when we, we have uh, theaters that we go to, like a, an opera, or we have an orchestra we go to, watch uh, the Philharmonic Orchestra. We might have the uh, Philadelphia Orchestra or the New York Orchestra, and you'd go fill a big uh, concert hall, and they'd hear them. Well, he had the best players, instrument players in the world. He had the best comedians in the world. The Bible said he had the most beautiful animals. He would ship in peacocks so nobody had ever seen one. And look at it, wow. He was searching for something to make him happy. And folks, don't fall into this trap. Notice if you would. D in the outline, all that he experienced just made him feel more grief. Anger, vexation, sorrow, that's what the Hebrew word means. E, his conclusion in his search for a purpose through things, through houses and lands and wives and people and entertainment, was that all was vanity or emptiness. Look in verse 1 of chapter 2. I said in my heart, go to now, and I will prove thee with myrrh, therefore enjoy pleasure. And behold, this is also vanity. All the things that brought me pleasure, they're empty. Notice if you would. Roman numeral 5 on last, yesterday, last week, Christ gives a dedicated Christian purpose. And I'm going to come back to that at the end. Everything we do on earth can be done alone, done to the glory of God. We'll receive a reward for those things which you have done in Christ when we see Him. We then can show Him how much we love Him. There's a purpose. I want the Lord, I want the Lord to know how much I appreciate what He's done for me. I'm on my way to heaven. He saved me. I want to say thank you in a tangible way. So I'm going to spend my life to show him that I'm thankful. So everything that I do, whether I take a meal to someone, is to show my thankfulness. And you know what? It doesn't matter if those people say, hey, listen, thank you. We, we took a meal tonight. They were very appreciative and, and uh, enjoyed it very much. And, and yet, and yet um, there are times I've taken a meal and people say, oh, good. Uh, Thanks for coming by. And I've had some people say, well, you know, I, 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 you can take it back. I really don't eat that. And so if I took it for the Lord's sake, I said, well, Lord, I did it for your sake. It doesn't matter. But if I did it to get a little bit of glory, a little bit of praise, uh, then I'm very disappointed. That's not right. But if I do it for the Lord's sake, everything is important and everything counts, no matter what I do. If I make men's prayer breakfast and nobody says thank you, but I did it for the Lord's sake, praise the Lord. If I vacuumed the carpet and I did it for the Lord's sake, praise the Lord. It doesn't matter what you do. If I train my children, I, I pray for my children and they don't seem to even notice it. Praise the Lord. I did it for the Lord's sake. Notice with me, if you would, in the outline, chapter 2. Notice, Solomon turned his heart toward fun and pleasure. And you'll notice, he said, I, it was therefore enjoy pleasure. Verse number two, I said of laughter, it is mad. Now there's where he, when he said madness, he meant laughter. Oh, we're going to have, we're going to have all kinds of fun. And, and that's what he meant when he said madness and folly. Again, and it's mad and of myrrh, what doeth it? 
I sought in mine heart to give myself unto wine. I, I was going to get the best wines and drink myself to death, cover everything up, yet acquainting my heart with wisdom and still keep my wisdom and to lay hold on folly. I, I wanted to laugh. I wanted to have pleasure. Keep in mind, Solomon could have heard the funniest men on earth. He could have heard the most beautiful soloists on earth. He could have heard the greatest violinist on earth. They would come to play for him night after night. You wonder, he had no TV, didn't have a lot of books. Uh, He had one book that he didn't read much, and he didn't write it out. We know that. And yet his entertainment was nightly. And it was like, uh, what's next? What's tomorrow night? And he ate the very best food every day of his life, so how do you beat that? He came to the point where nothing mattered. He'd already enjoyed it. What's tomorrow? Notice if you would. A, he had the best singers for entertainment as well as comedians to humor him. And we just read that in Ecclesiastes chapter 2. B, he tried drinking in order to drown his emptiness, but also tried to forget all of his responsibilities. He just wanted to do foolish things. You'll notice if you would look in verse number Verse number three, in the middle of it, to lay hold on folly till I might see what was good for the sons of men, which they should do under the heaven all the days of their life. I want to see what was good and fun and what was folly, what, what caused me to get my mind off things and what made me laugh. And he said, all of it's empty. Notice what then he goes in chapter two, verse four, and he gives us a little picture into his heart and into his mind of what he did to feel important, to have a purpose. And folks, this is tonight what I want everyone here to look at. I want you to listen. You'll never accomplish what Solomon accomplished. Nobody here. The Bible says he was the wisest man to ever live. No king before him, no man after him, except Jesus Christ. He was the richest king to ever live. The Bible says that. He made silver like rocks in Jerusalem. They're worthless. Anything silver is worthless. Now, I want you to listen to this. Look in verse number four. I made me great works. I builded me houses. Notice, if you would, in the outline, Roman numeral two, after those things didn't fill his emptiness, He just went on and getting money and possessions. So he says, I just decided to do, look down in verse number 10, whatsoever mine eyes desired, I kept not from them. I withheld not from my heart any joy. Is there anybody here that can do that? Nobody. If I want to build a big house, I can do it. If I want a big ship, I I can build it. Notice what he does. I made me great works, verse 4. I builded me houses. I planted me vineyards. Verse 5, I made me gardens and orchards. I I can tell you this. One of my joys going to my grandparents during the summer was to go to the orchard and go up there and get an apricot and pull it off the tree, uh, polish it off a little bit, and bite into it. It was wonderful. Or to go out in the in the uh, watermelon patch and get me a watermelon and, and take a knife and just rip it in half, pop it open, and Heart it. How many of you know what a heart means? Heart, not watermelon. You know, you get the heart right out of it. Boy, that's sweet and oh man, 
my, I'm, I'm starting to salivate right now. And, but my grandfather had, he had red meated watermelons. He had yellow meated watermelons. Tell me what a yellow meated watermelon looks like. Okay. He had striped watermelons, solid watermelons, he had big watermelons, little. We had to go get a wagon one time and bring this 50, 60 pound watermelon back to the house. Was that fun? My grandmother and I shot watermelon seeds at each other for, I must have been an hour. And we just kept having a good time. Now that's purpose in life. Okay. But when you grow up a little bit, you begin to, you know, you, you stick that watermelon seed on your grandma's glasses, and she says, oh, you got me. And then she shoots you back and forth. Uh, it was so much fun. I could hardly wait to get out of school so I could go and enjoy the garden and the orchard. Notice he said, I made me orchards. Notice this. He says, uh, I made me gardens and orchards. I mean, can you go down and just pull off strawberries? Oh, wow, that was one. We had a plum tree. It was the latest to, to get ripe, and boy, it just killed me. It was almost when I left, but those, those plums were so sweet. Uh, it was wonderful. Um, apples, pears, it, it was heavenly. And, and yet he says, I did that. Notice, what he, notice the next thing he says, I, I planted trees in them of all kinds of fruits. Oh, my I made me, verse 6, pools of water to water wherewith the wood that bringeth forth trees. I, I had an irrigation system that kept everything beautiful. Notice what he says in, verse number, in the outline. Notice, A, he built several homes. B, he had great vineyards and orchards. C, he built a great irrigation system to keep things beautiful even in dry times. He just wanted to have it all the time be perfect. Notice, if you would, D, he hired more servants to do anything he desired. Look at verse 7. I got me servants and maidens. I had servants born in my house. I had so many servants, they just they had families in my home. And notice this. Also, I had great possessions of great and small cattle above all that were in Jerusalem before me. He had herds of cattle. He had the best beast state you can imagine. Notice E in the outline. He had more cattle and possessions than any king before him. Did you get that? Look at verse 8. I gathered me also silver and gold and the peculiar treasure of kings. He had peacocks. He had monkeys. He had all kinds of animals. Notice if you would. I got me men seekers, singers, and women singers and the delights of the sons of men. I had the best entertainment on earth. And notice as musical instruments, and that of all sorts. He had all kinds of people playing for him. Can you imagine the life that he's got like none of us could ever imagine? I want the greatest pianist to come to my house and play tonight. I've got scheduled the greatest violinist to come to my house tonight. Everybody came to his, hey, I heard this guy's really funny over in, in, uh, uh, in Gilboa. I, I got him to come. He's on Saturday night. Look, it's going to be great. Night after night after night. Hey, I want the best of food. He had the best of food. He had the best of clothes. He had the prettiest women in all the world. What do you do with a thousand wives? I mean, uh, I mean, people, women everywhere. I mean, didn't y'all think that was funny? Ah, oh, yeah, that we did. I mean, he's trying to get everybody to laugh and have a good time. You know why? Because he's empty. 
He started out, Lord, and listen very carefully. What word did I use tonight with the children? Young people, what did I use tonight with you? About you can't be anything for Lord unless you have what? Humility. Well, guess what? The Lord blessed him because he was humble. Lord, I'm like a child. I, 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 I need your wisdom to know how to help these people. This is a great people. I'm like a child. Very humble. And God says, oh, because you didn't ask for wealth, I'm going to give you all the wealth in the world. Because you didn't ask for fame, I'm going to make you famous. All he had to do was say, Lord, I, 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 I'll take all that, but that's not what I'm asking for. I just want to be a good king to my people. He became a bad king to his people. He taxed them to death. He used their children for his servants. He had soldiers and he had, uh, he, he had chefs and he had uh, gardeners. I mean, who would have managed all this stuff for him? He went out of the countryside and I need your son, I need your son, I need your daughter, I need your daughter. And he picked the most beautiful women. Your women's going, your wife, your, your daughter's going to be my wife. She's beautiful. Oh, she is too. Oh, she is too. Everything he wanted. Remember the words, verse 10, and whatsoever mine eyes desired, I kept not from them. No one in this room can do that. It went right here, and he wanted more. If he would have stayed on his knees and humbled himself and realized, Lord, I don't deserve any of this, he could have enjoyed everything. Just like you and I can enjoy things. If Christ is first, if our purpose is today what I do, I'm going to do it for the Lord's sake so one of these days I can say, Lord, I did love you. Here's the proof. But if you live for any other reason, I want to get this degree. I want to get this job. I want to make this amount of money. I want to live in this location. I want to drive this kind of car. I, I want to have this kind of body. Do you realize it's going to be empty? Unless you say, Lord, I want to do this if it's pleasing to you. That changes everything. Naaman comes riding in, filthy rich, going to buy his salvation, going to buy his health. And Elisha sends out and says, go to the Jordan and dip seven times and you'll be healed. He couldn't do it. It was beneath him. And you and I, if we're not careful, we teach. We, we've got experience and, and somebody happens or one of the children happens. Look, get in line. I'm the teacher. And all of a sudden, the attitude becomes terrible. I can do this and I can do that. doesn't matter what your occupation. You can be a mother and be a terrible mother because your purpose is lost. And notice what he says. Look, look, look in the outline. Let me finish it up. Notice uh, F in the outline. He acquired more silver and gold than anyone else. He didn't restrain himself from anything he wanted. He was still empty. Nothing satisfied Solomon. I'm going to tell you why. If you were to start in verse 1, what's the first word of verse 1? I. Notice with me, if you would, in verse 11. 
Then I looked on all the works that my hands had wrought and on the labor that I had labored to do. And behold, all was vanity and vexation of spirit. There were no profit under the sun. You know why? There's 20 eyes in those 11 verses. I this, I that, I this, I that. I got me, I made me, I did this. There's no humility. And folks, tonight, we humble ourselves before the Lord. And that changes everything. If you and I don't humble ourselves before the Lord, we're going to be miserable. And it doesn't matter if the Lord blesses us. Now listen very carefully. There are principles in Scripture that God promises to bless us, and He will. He says, prove me now herewith. I follow to open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. There will not be room enough to receive it. If you just tithe faithfully, but you don't tithe to get You tithe because you say, Lord, this is yours. You've given me all this, and Lord, this is not enough, and here's the tithe and a little bit more, Lord. Thank you. And so now money doesn't mean that much to me anymore. And so then all of a sudden you're, you know, you give everything to the Lord. It's the Lord, I don't deserve what I've got. I don't deserve health. So when I get sick, I say, Lord, this is your body. Uh, uh, It's not mine. I was talking the other day to to one of the workers, and, and he smokes and drinks and cusses and and, and, and he says, you know, he, 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 but he, he tells me when he got saved, he said, but I'm trying. I said, you're not really trying very hard. He said, well, I'm around a bunch of bad people. I said, you're supposed to be a light. And, and then I said to him, I said, did you know the Bible says your body is not your own? Your body is his. You've been bought with a price. And it like all of a sudden the holy the word of God hit him. And he said, I didn't realize this was God's body. I thought it was mine. When I see him now, he's different. It's like all of a sudden he realized he was using God's body. Have we realized we're using God's body? It'll change everything. Have we realized we're making money because God has given us the money? He's given us the opportunity to make the money. And we have two choices. I made this, or Lord, you gave it to me, and I want to use it for your glory. One way, God's going to bless you with purpose and peace. The other way, you're going to be just like Solomon. Only you'll never be able to do what Solomon did. And you'll be empty. Notice with me, if you would, look at the last, last, verse, last point in the outline, Roman numeral three. We must learn the lesson that only Jesus and his will, his blessings, and loving him will satisfy our hearts and give us purpose. Solomon goes through this passage. Notice, if you would, in verse number in verse number 10, the last phrase, he says, well, I'll read the whole verse. Whatsoever mine eyes desired, I kept not from them. I withheld not from my heart any joy. It's like I did these things. And God told him, I'm going to give you wealth because you didn't ask for it. 
So what happens is God blesses all of us. And folks, in this area, we got to be careful because God has blessed us. Do you realize across the world, I mean, across America, uh, I read the other day that places around America, their, their houses aren't selling. I mean, uh, appraisers, are, uh, they don't have work to do. Closers, attorneys don't have work to do. Not here. Here you put a house up for sale, it's gone. And we get used to that and we forget that the Lord is the author of all of our blessings. And that ought to humble us, not to lift us with, look what I've got. That is what ruins a Christian. And this book is about avoiding ruination by the things we have. Because the old devil wants us to say, I got me. I built me houses. I, when we didn't. And tonight, all of us in this room, could I challenge you to say, Lord, and I often wonder why Solomon, after God said, I'm going to bless you with fame and with wealth, with everything you didn't ask for. Why he didn't fall on his knees and say, Lord, how do I say thank you? And keep that humility. I'll tell you why. Because things corrupt our heart. Don't let your clothes corrupt your heart. Don't let your fancy shoes corrupt your heart. Don't let your fancy cars corrupt your heart. Don't let your beautiful homes. And the Lord has been good to all of us in this room. I mean, there's not a bad house in this area. I don't think. But I'm going to tell you this, the old devil said, look what you did. Look what you got. Look who you are. And we're going to end up being just like Solomon. Read the last phrase of verse 10. I kept not from my heart any joy, for my heart rejoiced in all my labor, and this was my portion of all my labor. If all my portion was to rejoice in what I got, and then it, it's empty. Had a good time tonight, but I go to bed empty. What am I going to do tomorrow? It's one fix after another until Jesus comes and gives you real purpose. One day you're going to see him, and when you see the scars that you put on his forehead, you want to be able to say, Lord, I did love you. I want you to see how much. Everything has purpose. Because everybody in this room, you're going to see the Lord. Every one of us. And then what? So live for then. Live for Him. And then you can go do everything in your life for His sake. And that changes everything. You can love your wife for His sake. You can love your husband for His sake. You can forgive for His sake. You can give for His sake. And it doesn't hurt. Tonight, Lord, Humble my heart, and he'll bless you. Let's bow our heads for the prayer tonight. I'm going to ask the penis to come and play a verse of imitation hymn. <clears throat> but I want you to notice something week after week until we get to chapter 12 of this book. I want you to see the emptiness that's in his heart, and he's got 20 eyes that I did. 
Nothing that you and I do will make us happy in the long run. Lord Jesus, I thank you for the insight of this book. And Lord, I plead with you to help all of us in this room to learn the lesson that Solomon never learned. Lord, I pray that you would bless our hearts with humility, bless our children with humility. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to give an example of humility to our families and our children, to the world around us. Help us to be a light. Lord, we are nothing without you. And when we see you, we'll know that. But help us to know it now. Speak to hearts. In your name we pray. Amen.